Search engine marketing formulated for Web 2.0. Find it here every week on SEM Synergy. Join your host as we learn from the elite of search engine marketing pros and find the winning formula for exceptional search engine marketing. Get the latest news, trends, and analysis in SEO, PPC, branding, SEO design, and analytics. Now, welcome your host, a founding father of SEO and an accomplished search engine marketing scholar, the host of SEM Synergy, Bruce Clay. Hello, I'm Bruce Clay, and you're tuning in to SEM Synergy. This is the weekly digital marketing podcast of Bruce Clay, Inc., everybody, I'm Christy Kellogg, the social media editor at Bruce Clay, Inc. And I'm Virginia Nussie, content and media manager. We're all just back from SMX West in San Jose last week. It was a very good show. What were these, what was the standout moment of the conference for you, Bruce? Well, this actually, as a conference goes, there were a lot of good sessions. I think that uh, the session I liked were more on AMP, mm-hmm. things like that. But the notable part of this show was the resurrection, if you will, of the Google Dance. I think everybody was pretty excited about that. Um, When we were there, uh, the part that uh, was actually somewhat exciting is Matt Cutts was there. Uh, He attended because, let's face it, he's never missed a Google Dance. Why should he start now? But that was actually a a pretty nice thing. Uh, The attendance was not what it was in the past years. Certainly they didn't invite every Google employee and shut down the whole campus and have 5 million people rummaging through the grassy areas. Mm -hmm. Uh, It was far smaller than normal. It was intimate. It was intimate, but it was um, not as exciting, I don't think. I think that uh, intimacy is good. I mean, there were a lot of people, but the people that were there were the press and the speakers who already knew everybody. There wasn't a lot of the what I would call client level people there. They were more speakers, more sponsors, more press, more uh, the people that would actually be able to promote Google more Mm -hmm. than the people who are there to mingle with the people that are there. Well, I think that I heard Gary and Nathan, Googlers who organized it, say that they wanted to reward the high-quality content makers. So um, kind of reflecting that in the real world. Right. And uh, quite frankly, that's who was there. The people that were able to get in and, and were there were good Good, solid people, no doubt. It was cool to see Matt, too. Yeah. It was a great party, and the sessions at the conference were also great. Virginia and I blogged more than 20 sessions that you can find on bruceclay.com slash blog. We love providing that service as live reporters from the conference, especially when we get feedback like Anna Hoffman, who wrote on Twitter, I love how you stayed on top of everything SMX West, the best resource all around. Yeah, that's that's what we do there, and I think that you're going to be in the loop if you keep up with our coverage there. Um, You can, of course, go to the blog now to see um, everything that happened at SMX West last week. 
And of course, we also got some exclusive speaker interviews before the conference, which you can watch on uh, our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Bruce Clay Inc. We recorded them as Google Hangouts. And you can also hear one right now on today's show. Yep. Today on the show, we're airing an interview with highly respected SEOs and SMX speakers, Marshall Simmons, Casey Gillette, Shaw Menz, and Dwayne Forrester. We've split the interview in half so we can hear from our, sh- our sponsors. So on the top half of the show, they tackle links. What is link building and the value of links today? Um, there's some parts where we have to apologize in advance for some poor sound quality. You never know what you're going to get with these hangouts. And we're working on addressing that going forward. With that, take it away, Christy. And I'm here with Mark Traphagen and Dustin Stout. And let's say hi to them. Hi, guys. Hi. Hi, Christy. Mark is the Senior Director of Online Marketing at Stone Temple Consulting, and Dustin is the Chief Marketing Officer at Wheel Media Corporation. Um, do you guys want to share a little bit about your backgrounds? Uh, go ahead, Dustin. Milder than you? I don't know. We've never, we've never compared ages, so I'm not sure. You know. <laughs> We're not sure. Uh, okay. Uh, you're definitely the prettier one. Uh, okay. Well, I'll, I'll take that. Gosh, yeah. I've been in online marketing now for it, it seems incredible but uh, like 12 13 years started out helping a bookstore a small independent bookstore to get online kind of dove in the deep end found that I loved it and have been chomping away at it ever since very pleased and proud to work with Eric Anga at, at Stone Temple Consulting for about a little over two years now so great and Dustin how about you my journey into the world of marketing is a is an interesting one um, so I started out as a uh, just a simple youth pastor who um, didn't know really anything about web design or social media. All I knew was I was running a youth group and we needed a website. So I taught myself how to uh, to build websites and um, fell in love with WordPress and started blogging because I wanted a way to record the, the things I was teaching my students. And so I started blogging and then just realized that the best way that I learn is to write about what I'm learning as I'm learning it because I retain it better and they say they, that you uh, that you uh, I think it's you retain 10% of what you hear but but 90% of what you teach so um, I just started uh, writing about what I was learning in social media I'm, I'm extremely social as a human being uh, I just love interacting with people so when the web design came together and the blogging started happening and the social media started to take off I just it was a perfect combination for me I was already a bit of a designer from a graphic standpoint and uh, the marriage of those three things um, and the online world exploding uh, about social media just kinda led me into professional blogging fast forward uh, four or five years later I'm now CMO of a digital marketing firm and we do uh, SEO, we do uh, web design, branding, and we also do social media management, strategy, and marketing. That's so great. And what I love about both of your stories was like your passion for digital marketing was born out of a desire to be useful, which is what we yeah. should always be trying to do. So thanks for sharing your stories. Um, so for our viewers, we're going to spend the next 30 minutes talking about social media and strategy and tactics, and it's going to be great. So let's just jump right in. And the first question that I want to ask you guys is, what topics or platforms in social media have like really grabbed your interest lately? We all have like hot topics that are on our mind. So what's on yours? I'll tell you one thing that uh, you know that I'm sort of really excited about. Um, is this uh, 
we, we know that visual content has been a big trend for the last two years, and it's, it's only getting bigger. It's not going away. And now that visual content is sort of moving into this v motion visuals um, or live uh, video, um, and that's really exciting for me, especially coming from an acting background as well. That's one thing I left out. I actually came out to California to be an actor, uh, like you do. And uh, so being in front of the camera is something that I love and enjoy and, uh, you know, entertaining people. And this, uh, the fact that technology has gotten to the point where video is so in demand and so easily accessible and so easily capturable, uh, you know, in our pockets with us all the time, um, it's really exciting for me to see the emergence of it and the evolution of it and how people are using it in different ways for, you know, not just for business but also, for, you know, for uh, hobbies and, uh, you know, just for fun. So that's really exciting for me. Awesome. And I think for me, oh, sorry, Karen. sorry, Christy. I think, for, I think for me, it's the implications live streaming video. And I want to put that word implications in there because there's a, there's a lot of people now talking about, you know, you got Brian Fanzo and Joel Kahn and Carlos Gill and all these people who are talking about, you know, the hottest trend is, is the live interactive video now. And what we're doing right now, uh, but also, you know, with things like Snapchat, and uh, Periscope, and Blab, and these kinds of, of platforms, uh, and there's a lot, you know, that'll, that's going to be the hot topic at a lot of the social media conferences this year, but I'm more interested in the implications of that, and I think one of the things that's waking us up to is that's hard for those of us who are social media people but have a content marketing heart is the, uh, the ephemeral nature of social media accepting that, that social media is so much about the moment, and it's about the experience. Uh, it's something, you know, that you are just one little drop in a flow, in a stream, that's what we call it, right, when you look at your stream online. Uh, and so rather than kicking against that, which, which I did for years, just made me crazy that, you know, I want everything I do to last for eternity and be put into a, a big, solid, you know, gold-bound book. Uh, but that's just not going to happen in most people's mind. And accepting that and saying, all right, uh, beginning to look at what do we do with that experience in the moment and how do we use that moment, which may only be a few seconds, it may be 30 seconds, if we're lucky it might be a minute, two, three minutes. How do we use that to make an, an impression upon people that gets us across the threshold, that gets us in the door with them? So among many other things, that's one of the things that I've been thinking about a lot lately. Okay. Thanks for sharing. Um, I guess I'll answer the question too. Um, we've been thinking a lot in our media department about Snapchat. It's like been on our minds because it's crazy and it's different than everything else and we've been trying to dive into that along with a lot of other things. We're going to talk more about Snapchat later so we'll get to that. Um, so Dustin, your session at SMX West is called Getting Images Right in Paid Search. Um, at SMX East last year, we live blogged your solo presentation on trust in images, design, and color. So at SMX, you'll be joined by a couple of experts on the podium beside you. Um, so just what's in store for this session, and what can we expect, and how will it be different from last time? What do we have to look forward to? Well, I think it's, uh, it's really exciting for me, again, being a social person, that I get to share the stage this time. Um, because of schedule conflicts last year, uh, it ended up being a solo session. It wasn't really supposed to be. Um, but uh, so this time around, we're going to get uh, three distinct perspectives and three distinct aspects of getting images right. My segment is going to specifically cover sort of the psychology, uh, design thinking, 
you know, color psychology uh, design principles that are easily grasped, and uh, we're going to try and fit it all in the context of display advertising. Uh, because if you've ever tried to do display advertising, you know there's a lot of things to do. There's a lot of different sizes you got to memorize. There's a lot of different, um, you know, use cases, and, and it, it's just a difficult thing. So we're going to try and hone in on that one area and, and uh, talk about display advertising. And uh, as I talk about theory and psychology in design. Uh, some of our other presenters are going to talk about tools um, to, to utilize to make it easier for uh, for people to do, you know, all the various display advertising sizes and uh, configurations and optimizations. Um, and then uh, I'm not sure what the third person is talking uh, is going to be talking about. It escapes me right now, um, but uh, undoubtedly it's going to be a, a great. Uh, series of conversations that we're going to have. I'm really excited about it because uh, as much as I love being on the stage, I also love hearing other people's perspectives and experiences because it. Uh, uh, I think it was Emerson who said that I, I can learn something from every man so uh, and woman. Uh, he, you know, he was back in the day where they said men and not women. He wasn't very politically correct. That's great. Um, I really enjoyed your session at SMX East. Um, Thank you. Yeah, there were lots of tips in there. Um, one thing that I guess I always did that I knew I shouldn't have been doing, but you had a great reminder not to do it, was putting text like so close to the edges when you're trying to fit all that in for 20% on Facebook. But that's not okay because it looks sloppy, and you reminded us that we need white space and borders. And thank yeah. you for the reminders. So, Mark, your session at SMX West to be the social media clinic. What question are you sure you'll be asked at that session? Okay. Well, there's, there's a few that I can always be sure that I'm asked. I've done several of these. The social media clinics are a lot Google of fun. Google Plus. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't on my mind, but uh, it, it probably will come up. Uh, but social media clinic is just a time when there will be three of us on the stage who are experienced social media marketers, and it's open forum. Uh, people can ask anything that they want, and there's always great questions. But a few of the ones that, that just always come up, and you're always going to hear our, you know, the first one is always going to be, how can I get more followers? And, you know, my number one, uh, well, let me go through the questions first. You know, how can I get more followers? How can I get more engagement? And then, you know, what's the, I've got limited time. I can only get so much. What's the most important thing I can be doing on those? So uh, to go back and, and answer those quickly, first of all, how can I gain more followers? Well, my response to that is always, you know, refocusing the person on what do you want more followers for? Uh, you just want a number. Uh, I think that's becoming less and less valuable. There's, you know, we could talk about the whole subject of social proof, and there's a certain amount of value in that. Somebody looks at your Twitter followers or your, um, you know, your followers on another network. Uh, that may be a, a kind of just entrance point, but it's uh, it's much more important who are those followers and why are they following you. Uh, you can get a lot more business value out of real fans, people who are really interested and uh, targeted at. Uh, your business and, and what you provide and that they have the problems that you can solve then you can out of out of large numbers uh, a lot more to say about that but I'm just kind of giving the outline answers here as the question of you know how can I get more engagement is, is very related uh, to that again it's more important to ask yourself uh, you know what do you want engagement for uh, what are you doing with that again is it just I think we you know as social media marketing professionals we need to be moving on 
just these simple metrics that we used to take to the boss and say, see, we're doing good social media. We have lots of likes and we get lots of, uh, of uh, reshares and, and things like that. Those aren't without some fundamental or basic importance, but going beyond that and digging into, you know, what are people liking or sharing? Why are they liking or sharing it? You know, what is it saying? Who is sharing it? Uh, those are all, you know, much more important questions. And then finally, when somebody asks, you know, what is the most important thing I can be doing now? I cheat and I say there's two things. Uh, I think one is learn everything that you can these days about paid social promotion, uh, especially on Facebook. It's just critical. It's 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 so crucial, and you know it, it's time to get past all the whining, especially on Facebook about, you know, oh Facebook took away my organic reach, and I worked so hard to get all these fans, and now you know my posts don't reach them. Well, they may have done that, but they've actually given you a, a a gift, and that gift is something that you could never do, even if they were showing your posts to all of your fans, and that is getting the right content to the right people and actually putting it, making sure that it's in front of their eyes at the right time in the right place. Uh, that targeting, it's worth paying for. And on Facebook right now, it's still, if you do it right, it's still pretty cheap. So that's, that's the number one thing to learn. We're spending a lot of time on Stone Temple Consulting, learning about that for ourselves and for our clients. The second thing is with your uh, organic approach to social media, uh, concentrate far more on... Uh, on building relationships than on building uh, than on than on just broadcasting or just you know trying to get your message out to as many people as possible. That's where the organic value comes in. The people that are seeing more of your content are people who have indicated some interest in it. Uh, they're engaging with it in some way. And most of the networks, even even Twitter now, is going to begin to uh, for for many people to show more content to people who are interested or indicating interest in that content. So Take advantage of that. Those are the people that you want to spend time with. You want to be interacting with them in the, whatever limited time that you have, uh, showing them that you see them, that they're there, that you're real and you're responding to them means a lot. and It moves them on to that next step where they're more likely to become customers. Hi there. This is the part of the show where we stop to hear from the show's sponsors. You'll want to hold tight because when we return with this interview of SMX SEO speakers, things get heated as we talk about Google Search Console and what you might do to get more than 90 days of data. More SEM Synergy after a short break. Don't go away. SEM Synergy will be right back. Great websites today need expert web design and development and need to be e-commerce ready and mobile friendly. But building a marketable and profitable website can be an uphill climb. Ready to make your new website or replace your existing website? Think Orange as the new way to get in the black. Orange Hill Development works with Fortune 500 companies and offer the same top quality development service at a fraction of what other providers charge. Brands like Absolute, Carlsberg, and Nestle trust Orange Hill Development. Find out why you should trust your website with Orange Hill. Contact Orange Hill for a consultation today at orangehilldevelopment.com. Whether you are an online business or domain name investor, you need access to the best names. With over 270 million domains already registered, finding the right names at the best price requires a great wingman. Namejet.com puts you in the pilot seat by giving you fast and unparalleled access to some of the best premium and expired domain names on earth. 
As the number one domain name auction platform, Namejet.com is the best place to find domains for your business or investment. So light the afterburners to the domain name aftermarket and fly over to Namejet.com at mock speed to get great domains today. Namejet.com. Hey, this is Danny Sullivan to talk to you about Bruce Clay Incorporated. They've made Inc. Magazine's list of growing private businesses and have exhibited and sponsored at my conferences since the very beginning. You've seen their search engine relationship chart or you've read their SEO code of ethics, so you know their SEO experts. But did you know they can help you with PVC, web analytics, web design, marketing strategy, promotion, and branding? Yep, get everything you need for success in the online marketplace. You can check it out from the professionals at Bruce Clay Incorporated. For over 10 years with offices worldwide, they've got the answers you need. Check them out today at BruceClay.com. Are you paying too much for your paid advertising? Or have you quit altogether because it seemed like a huge waste of money? I'm David Ogletree, president of WME Training. Did you know that companies waste 25% of their PPC spend on average? At WME Training, we can show you how to make your AdWords account a lean, mean, converting machine. Whether you're just starting out or want to take your skills to the next level, we have a class for you. Contact the marketing experts at WMETraining.com. Search engine marketing formulated for Web 2.0. You're listening to SEM Synergy on WebmasterRadio.fm. Welcome back. I'm Bruce Clay, and this is a special episode of SEM Synergy with guests, Casey Gillette, Marshall Simmons, Shaw Menz, and Dwayne Forrester talking about links, attribution, and Google Search Console. These are undoubtedly some of the big issues that SEOs are grappling with today. Uh, certainly, uh, they've been in the news all along. We're going to start out our interview back up on the topic of Google Search Console data. I have another question for you, Dustin. If you could eliminate from the universe one common design mistake, what would it be? <laughs> Man, if, if Mark cheated with two, I would probably have about a dozen that I'd really like to say. Um, <laughs> okay, you can have two also. Oh, okay, so two. You were at my session at SMX East, and I'll probably reemphasize this point um, at West, whereas people often forget that the point of a visual, of a graphic, whether it's an advertisement or a banner or a, you know, a header for a website or even a header for your social profiles, the point of design is communication. The point of design is not to look pretty. Uh, as much as we try to make it look pretty, we try to make it look attractive and nice, the overall goal is to communicate a message. And so for me, uh, anything that distracts from that message is, uh, is, is counterproductive to what the overall goal is. And so the number one thing that I often find is a hindrance to communicating that message is clutter. So if I could eliminate one design faux pas or mistake or blunder, it would be the elimination of clutter. Um, in marketing, we talk about honing down your message or honing down your story. Uh, at Wheel Media, we talk a lot about narrative and how to put together a, uh, a good narrative for your website design or a landing page. Uh, but that same rule applies to graphics of any kind, any sort of visual. It's all about what one message are you trying to communicate, and especially in a display ad where you have you know, 250 pixels, maybe, uh, 
to communicate a message, to get somebody to click. Um, you have to eliminate anything that gets in the way of them getting the message and taking the action. Um, so clutter. Clear out the clutter. Say it as simply and effectively as possible. Uh, and I think the other uh, design uh, concept that I think I would uh, emphasize is, is color. Um, the use of color can be uh, a make or break point for some ads. Um, and there's a lot that goes into to color psychology and color theory. You know, I would ask everyone to, to do just a little bit of research about uh, color theory and how to use colors wisely. There's a lot of tools out there that can help you put together color palettes and um, you know, coordinate colors, uh, but also uh, you always have to keep in mind that uh, if, if it's too colorful, it, it blurs out the message you can't see. And again, all about communication, right? Um, so use the right colors, the right amount of colors, and only use colors strategically to get people to take the action that you want them to take. Um, yeah, I could probably rant on uh, for about an hour about color theory. <laughs> but uh, those, those two, color usage and clutter. Okay, awesome. Thank you. So, Mark, I have to congratulate you. You had one heck of a successful hangout last week with Google Trend Webmaster Trends Analyst Gary Ilias. I know I'm saying his last name wrong. Does anyone know how it's actually supposed to be said? Well, the funny thing was that Gary gave me a compliment during that show, uh, saying that uh, that earlier in the show, you know, I had said it correctly, and he he never grants it. He won't ever say it himself. I know, but it's but it's Hungarian. I lived in Hungary for two years, two summers, uh, so it's as close as I can get is Gary Eish. Eish. Yeah, it's I L Y E S, but in Hungarian that we pronounce Eish. Okay. Uh, well, he's a great guy. Okay, so Gary Eish, mm -hmm. who we all love, um, was on your hangout, um, and it was just awesome. I was listening; it was so useful and so many takeaways. From your perspective, what were the biggest things you took away? Well, this is going to take us off social media a little bit because we didn't talk about that, and that's certainly not Gary's area. He's uh, he's very heavily invested in the search area, but just to give you a, a couple of things that I thought were important. Uh, number one was our discussion about RankBrain. Uh, it, maybe not all the audience has heard about that, but it was a huge announcement, a kind of announcement that Google doesn't make very often last year when they said that they were now using what they called the third most important uh, factor in the Google ranking algorithm. It's called RankBrain. What RankBrain is is an application of machine learning. Uh, Eric Engar, CEO, just did a great article a couple weeks ago in Moz. People can look up on you know what machine learning is and how it affects SEO. So machine learning is basically it's 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 incredible stuff. It's where you design an algorithm that allows the computer to go out into the world, so to speak, and learn uh, and learn on its own and and learn by trial and error. So what they're using us for, what RankBrain does, is it, it allows the Google algorithm to learn from actual searches by people out there um, what they really mean for some more ambiguous or unclear searches and make it more likely that Google is going to be able to match them up with what they're really looking for, much better than they could before. A uh, quick example that you know that Gary gave was something like you know RankBrain can now understand sometimes some negative qualifiers like the word without that the old Google algorithm simply skipped over. So you know you might search something have been searching something like uh, how can I build a website without spending too much money, and all Google would see before is 
build website spending money. <laughs> it might give you actually, you know, a lot of very expensive results as a, as a matter of case. Well, our rank brain can understand that, you know, that in a more subtle way that we humans would, uh, what you really mean by that, and match you up with better content. So uh, the the only revelation that Gary had about that in our show was a good one, though, is that you know rank brain is now globally active. Uh, it's acting across. And we're going to be coming out with some content very soon at Stone Temple that's going to show actual results before and after that we believe are being affected by by Rank Brain. Um, the next thing uh, that we t that I thought was important was Gary talking about the Penguin update, the coming Penguin update we've been waiting for for so long uh, that Google thought they would have out last year and then this quarter, and he said now it may not even come out this quarter. The uh, first important piece of news about that that he gave us is the reason it's taking so long is they realize how much Google penalties affect sites. And if they get it wrong, it's horrific. If a, you know, if a site is, is incorrectly penalized, it's not really doing anything bad, but somehow the algorithm pings it, uh, that's terrible. And we all know that's, that's bad. So they're heavily testing it and they want to make sure it's as good as possible before they put it out into action. The second thing was an interesting conversation about what that will look like because it's supposed to be the first real-time penguin. I say real-time kind of with air quotes, meaning that it will be a, the response will be a lot faster, whereas in the past it could take months after you made change. Let's say you get a penguin penalty. You've, you've been buying links, you've been doing bad things out there and Google penalizes your site and you clean it all up, you work hard you know, to, to repent of your sins, uh, but it could take months before Google would catch up with that and you would get restored or start to recover from that. Now the recovery can be much quicker. If you, you know, if you recognize you got a penalty, you make some changes, um, pretty much at the next crawl, next time Google crawls your site, it will begin to see those changes and, and restore you to health. Faster response time. So that was one thing. And the third thing is I'm seeing this in very quickly, and Chris, you're going to appreciate this, is both Stone Temple Consulting and Bruce Clay got a nice little shout out from Gary where he just said that we kind of rock. Um, and he was mentioning, he was talking about bad SEOs, and he said that's the number one thing that he sees from sites that get end up with a Google penalty is it's the result of they've hired some bad SEO out there. And he said, you know, we know the sites that you guys do, Stone Temple and Bruce Clay, and he said, you know, they're all doing great. So that was a nice little, uh, nice little shout out. Oh, yes. Um, viewers, you can watch that at minute 53, second one of the Hangout. <laughs> you know the exact minute and second. <laughs> I do. So, you have it written down too. <laughs> That's awesome. Gary literally says um, SEOs, well, some SEOs can do magic. And then he said Bruce and Stone Temple Consulting, and we were pretty excited. So you can check out that at minute 53, and you can also learn about Rank Brain, and you can learn about Penguin. <laughs> So those are the things um, that you can check out in that video, which is awesome. Um, so we have five minutes left, so let's just move right along. Um, an article came out on February 13th, and it was from Quartz.com, and it's based on Pew Research, and I'm just going to share a quote because it applies to what we're talking about, and this is going to get into Snapchat. So the quote is, Today the newest data increasingly supports the idea that young people are actually transitioning out of using what we might term broadcast social media like Facebook and Twitter and switching instead to narrowcast tools like Messenger or Snapchat. So instead of posting generic and sanitized updates for all to see, they are sharing their transient, goofy selfies and blow-by-blow -blow description of class with only their closest friends. So you guys... 
are you using Snapchat? How are you using it for your brand? Like, what's the goal? Tell me anything you think about Snapchat. Well, I started using Snapchat uh, a few weeks ago. It's, you know, again, one of those things like I thought I would never do, and then I saw some uh, some really great people I admire who were using it and using it well, and so I started playing around with it. And you know, it's just just personal, my personal account so far, and just experimenting with it. Um, haven't done any branded content with it yet. But I think the, the bigger thing that we're seeing going back to that research that you just talked about uh, is this, this shift of, of people who realize like most people aren't like us. You know, <laughs> we're, uh, we, we like to broadcast, we like to be, you know, get our message out broadly and as widely as we possibly can. Uh, I was talking earlier about how you know, it was really hard for me to accept ephemeral content. You know, I want my content and, and Nicholas Cardo from uh, Social Warfare Plugins, I noticed in the comments, promised that he is binding all of my content that I've ever put online into a gold-bound book. So thank you for that, Nicholas. But, uh, but the reality is that, uh, that more and more people today, especially the younger people, uh, they don't care about that. They, they want, it's very important for them to be seen by their friends and for them to you know, communicate with their friends and people that they know. They really don't care, for the most part, about you know, broadcasting to a, to a large audience. By the way, I read a, uh, just quickly on that, read an interesting article this morning that uh, was talking about how some of the big, mall, you know, mall uh, retailers that, that have aimed at the young, younger market uh, are, are being, are, are really hurting now. Like Aber the Abercrombie and Fritch, uh, Abercrombie and Fitch type stores are, you know, losing sales. And one of the reasons that they're thinking now is because young people, um, they don't, you know, they don't really care about that. They just want, they, they want to buy stuff quickly that they can immediately share and display and just to their friends. So, uh, you know, online retailers, uh, some of the faster, some of the uh, newer stores that can move faster, they can get fashion out faster than these, these older, more stodgy stores uh, are, the, are the things. So it's even affecting retail. Dustin, what are you, what are you thinking about all this? Personally, I hate Snapchat. <laughs> I uh, I think it's um, just like you said, Mark. It's it's all about the the in the moment, um, quick, uh, disposable content, and that's sort of how I've termed it. When it first began to come on the scene, and people were talking about it, you know, really, what it seemed like to me was a way for people to. Uh, to do stupid things and have it disappear and not worry about it uh, showing up and haunting them. Um, and for those of us who are uh, professional content creators or people who are just craftsmen uh, in, in a way that they like to create digital things and, and keep them, you know, it's, it's completely unappealing as a platform, um, as a professional platform. Let me clarify that, a professional platform. As a communication tool, sure, it works great. But, um, you know, I think the... The big problem is uh, is just the generational problem that keeps following society as we go. Uh, the adults do something and they think it's cool, and the kids think it's not cool, so they want to do something else, right? So our generation, or this current uh, generation of adults and professionals, social media was the big thing for us, and still is. We still love it and live it and breathe it and beat people over the head with it. Uh, but the the younger uh, the millennials, well, I can't really say millennials because technically I'm a millennial. But, you know, everyone who is sort of after our generation saw the adults or the older folks getting into social media, and it's just not cool to them because adults are doing it. 
All right, Christy, Bruce, I thought that was a very interesting conversation. And before we close out the show, I kind of want to circle back around and ask you, Bruce, what you think of this debate about Google Search Console data. There was a comment from a Googler last week that I overheard uh, or that was shared, and it was about this option of making more than 90 days of data available for a fee and how that's not really, in this Googler's opinion, a great option because then small businesses and large businesses that might have more budget for this kind of expense are not on an equal playing field. I think, by the way, I think that's kind of silly. Uh, analytics saves all the data, and there's a lot of data in analytics. Uh, I don't see how Search Console can be a different amount of data in proportion to everything else. Um, maybe it is a lot of data, um, but you know, Google has cloud services available for next to nothing. Uh, you can go and get gigabytes and gigabytes of space for 99 cents. Mm. Hello, who cares? I don't think spending $10 as a small business is going to make me unequal to a big guy if I want the data. The thing about it that I don't like is the concept that we have to charge for it over here, but we give it away over there. Um, sure. Why don't you just give it all away? It's not going to cost you much. You're Google. How much space? I mean, it's the final frontier. <laughs> I hope Google is hearing this and taking notes. Thanks to all our guests on the show this week, and thank you for listening. If you want to hear more, please subscribe to the show, and that way new shows will be in your podcast player when you're ready for them. From all of us at Bruce Clay, Inc., see you next week on SEM Synergy. This has been a presentation of WebmasterRadio.fm, the world's largest business-to-business -business radio and podcast network. We welcome you to sample past episodes of this program, as well as our complete library of programs, on demand or on the air via our 24-7 live audio stream at www.WebmasterRadio.fm. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited.